0: Hello Sober Town and welcome to the Sober Damn podcast. This is your bargain day, two for one. Hi, I'm Polly. And hi, I'm Karina. We are riding the trade today and the subject we're going to talk about is disconnect. We actually did a Zoom with our ladies. Any ladies, and I'm sorry guys, it's ladies only, who would like to come on our ladies Zooms, we do them on a Friday. Um, we do two Zooms on a Friday. I know things can sometimes get a bit overwhelming with groups and Zooms and all this kind of stuff. So, but if anybody's interested, just email Karina or myself. Um, we, uh, we will put the emails up at the end of this podcast on the uh, Town website for people, but we're going to talk about um, disconnect and emotional detachment because disconnecting is a lot of what we do within Uh, sobriety, and it can be sobriety from any kind of addiction, not just alcohol, which is what Karina and I are recovering from. And emotional detachment is another word for it. And it becomes harmful when you can't control it, and you may feel numbed or muted. And some of the symptoms are you... Have difficulty creating or maintaining personal relationships. You disconnect from people. A lack of attention or appearing preoccupied around others. You know, another way of not being able to connect. You can't connect to what's going on. Difficulty being loving, affectionate with family members. I think there's quite a few of us, uh, well, quite a few of the ladies within our groups struggle with that one which we will talk about in a minute. Avoiding people, activities or places because they're associated with past trauma or an event. So disconnecting from those things. A reduced ability to express emotion. Difficulty empathizing with another person's feelings. Not easily sharing emotions or feelings. Difficulty committing to another person or a relationship and not making another person a priority when they should be. Um, that very last one to me, um, in my sobriety, I make myself a priority. So there are other people who are, are a priority. I mean, I've got my Dan and you've got your Andy. Yeah. Yep. So, We've got people who have a priority in our lives, but because we are in recovery, um, our first priority to is, our, is to ourselves, And I'm sure Karina will agree with me on that one.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think you have to, you know, it, it is hard work. Um In sobriety, it's worth it, but it's hard work, and you have to work at it every single day. And because of that, you have to put yourself first. And it was interesting just listening to you um, listing those symptoms because I was thinking, wow, you know, wasn't that all of us at the end of our drinking? At the end of our drinking we disconnected and the only thing we did connect with was the alcohol until it made us comatosed um, we were very isolated very disconnected from other people and then again within our sobriety because there's such a change in in all areas of our life that um, there there is some purposeful disconnection there's some physical disconnection mm-hmm. and some emotional disconnection because of the withdrawal of the alcohol and the withdrawal of the crutch that we've now taken away from ourselves and so things get a bit wobbly for a while um, there is the avoiding some of the situations um, because we don't want to put ourselves make ourselves more vulnerable than we already mm-hmm. are and of course we on top of all that we've had covid and lockdown. Um, which has, for some of us, for me, I'd say, has been a blessing in disguise with regards to my sobriety. I totally agree on that one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we we were
0: allowed to um, disconnect from the world for a little while there. Um, And I think one of my takeaways from COVID is uh, being able to step back because everything slowed down because we did disconnect from the ordinary everyday stuff we did outside of the house. Mm. And in, in, uh, from what I didn't actually go into any recovery programs as such, but I've read a lot about them. And I know you've been heavily involved in people uh, recovering from addictions. And I think a lot of people are asked to disconnect from their previous environment
1: mm. where,
0: where their active addiction occurred.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, a, a lot of places in the UK are, they're, they're community, they community-based, so they'll get people, this is on the NHS, they'll get people to um, detox in their own homes, or if they need a medical detox with intravenous drugs in hospital, they'll do that for the, the 72 hours, and then they'll be back at home, and they're still in their same environment. I think the only programmes um that, that successful like that are people who go into who are able who are fortunate enough to be able to afford um, their own rehab. Um, so okay. It's about twelve thousand um, pounds, and we don't have that on the NHS or the health system here. So people have to self fund that, and they are always purposefully out of area. Yeah. Um, any other detoxes that you do are within your own area, and I don't think that's that's necessarily helpful because for me um not being able to travel and go and see friends and spend time with drinking friends um not being able to go to the pub um you know we, our, our pub went into, pubs went into lockdown again the day after well midnight on Christmas day we had Christmas day then we all went into lockdown we couldn't go and visit people the pubs were all shut until May you know so it was good mm-hmm. it was a good time We we couldn't go and we couldn't go to each other's houses and we'd had that as well the previous year so for me um that was a good thing because I could physically disconnect but I didn't emotionally disconnect and I think that is the important thing to say in sobriety is that sometimes we have to it is helpful to physically disconnect from people situations circumstances Um, And we may, there's particular people who could be toxic to us that we may have to emotionally disconnect from. We see a lot that relationships change and we get, you know, old relationships fizzle out because they were based on alcohol and new ones begin. But you know, we are fortunate, and as much as I hate technology, and you know I do, we are fortunate to be in an age whereby we can be connected at any time, day or night, with people from all over the world. Um, even with COVID, it's not going to wipe out that communication. And
0: uh, um, uh, there are some relationships, partners, husbands, wives, et cetera, where the partner is still drinking mm. and the other person in the relationship has, they feel disconnected from that partner. And I had a talk, I, it was something that after reading into this, because um, as you know, I go down rabbit holes. Um, mm-hmm. i I never know until I, <laughs> I go down reading this. Um, you dealt with active addi- people in active addiction for many, many years in mental health. This is mm. all new discoveries to me. And one thing that occurred to me was we choose to give up whatever our addiction is. For us, it was alcohol. And we reached a point where it was either carry on and die, basically, because it would kill us eventually. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but slow suicide. Or get off the alcohol and start building a life, which is what we chose to do. And it was a choice for me. I wasn't told by a doctor or anybody like that to get off the alcohol. It was my choice to come off the alcohol. And something that occurred to me was people who choose to come off the alcohol, it doesn't matter, I suppose, whether you're told to or not, but you choose a new lifestyle, And if you're with a partner who doesn't embrace your new lifestyle, how much detachment or disconnect can it cause within it? Um, And how much are we, this is, I know this is how much are we unwilling to accept They don't want to embrace this wonderful lifestyle we're experiencing. That was something that ran through my head in that, um, yes, we have to be selfish in sobriety.
1: But are we a little bit too selfish sometimes? I I think as human beings, we have expectations, don't we? Um, (laughs) Yes. We always have expectations, <laughs> and um you know, if we suddenly embrace something or jump on the bandwagon about something, then we have expectations that other people are a going to be really happy for us and be as enthralled and <laughs> our enthusiastic personalities, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and be that they're going to follow suit and they're going to do what we're doing because it's it's so good. And and I think you know, we talk a lot about. Um, our areas of control Mm -hmm. and I always say to people just stand on the spot there you are with your feet together or slightly apart and stretch your arms out either side and then spin from the waist and spin round and everything within your arm's reach is what is within your control Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. outside of that is not within your control and we have to accept that and the key thing for it is acceptance to accept that what we choose to do and what we choose to control is up to us, but by the same token, every other person has that right as well to choose what they do and what they control. Having said that, um, I'm not some sort of goddess who's patient and kind and loving all the time. (laughs) We're human (laughs) with all the human frailties. Yes, and so I also recognise that it must be so bloody difficult, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I mean i'm fortunate that um, when i went into sobriety i was single um and i got sort of together with andy who was drinking occasionally now andy and i used to be big big drinkers back in in the early 2000s to 2008 um but because of his previous bone marrow transplant and um cancer treatment um he never really because he couldn't drink you know back eight years ago he never really picked up the, the alcohol a lot since then so even when I met up with him again he wasn't a big drinker and I was lucky that he did support me um you know he doesn't get as excited as I do about the milestones and how well I'm doing but um but you know he did support me and he'd always say to me I fancy a beer are you okay and I say yeah that's fine you know go go ahead um and now he's back on chemo um so he can't drink for another two years anyway so I am really really fortunate um and because it must be so so hard because I have tried to give up alcohol in the past with like oh I'll stop for a week or stop for a couple of days but then everybody else is drinking around me And I've got difficulties in my relationship. And, you know, alcohol then causes difficulties in your relationship because the other person's still drinking and you're starting to see what a twat they are on alcohol. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, if you can't beat them, join them, you know. And and that is what I fell into time after time. So I'm in complete admiration, complete admiration of people who are in that situation. Um, And I can't really... Offer advice because I don't no. really know what to say because I'm it's, not there. But also, I mean, our
0: expectations are that um, like you say, they they will cheer us on, they will encourage us, this, that, and the other. And you get with some some I'm lucky with my Dan. He is every time I have a milestone and I tell him he's whoop whoop with me,
1: you know, hmm. because he
0: knows how important it is to me um and there are those that okay this is the lifestyle you're embracing but it's not the lifestyle you know I don't want to totally give up and also we talk about uh, we we've disconnected from our old life totally yeah which was the drinking life so we've disconnected from that in the early stages of it we 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 practically, well, at the end of drinking, as you said earlier, we were so disconnected from everything because we were drinking on our own. So we had disconnected emotionally, physically, everything. And when we get sober, we often talk about the changes in us and the, how we love how we are now. But our partners, etc., have now got to get used to the new us and that's got to be hard for them so how many of them tend to disconnect from us and it can be such a two-way thing um there's also uh, a lot of you disconnect by choice and one of the things with choosing to disconnect is you disconnect to protect was the expression i came i thought of and you disconnect because in sobriety, you have to protect your sobriety.
1: Completely, yeah. So Completely. you disconnect. Yeah, you disconnect to protect yourself. Yeah. And I'm just looking at the assertion model, if we look at assertions, so we can be assertive, we can be passive, we can be aggressive. That's how we tend to express ourselves. I was, as a drinker, very passive-aggressive so i'd sort of be a doormat 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 and i would like <laughs> ah, explode you know and then i would just drink and drink and drink to numb all that um that thing and i'm becoming more assertive and i think when we are sober and when we start to, on this journey and through this journey we are being assertive with ourselves because we mm-hmm. have said no more i'm not going to drink anymore and with anybody when anybody becomes assertive whether it's to do with alcohol or whatever just when we start to stand up for our own rights and we're not you know we're we're just our own rights and we're starting to stand up you always have people who will sabotage that because actually when you start to meet your own rights you're not meeting other people's needs and demands mm-hmm. your codependency dependency can go you're looking after yourself you're having a nice bath you're going to the gym you're going for a walk you're not cooking their dinner or cleaning up or doing whatever yep. you know um so and, and that that sounded quite sexist that's going back into the old roles sort of thing there but but you know what I mean that can work for males and females on yes. on on both sides and um yeah and, and we know that that when we become assertive that there will always, there'll be people who embrace it and there'll be people that try to sabotage that because their needs no longer begin being met. As you said, we've changed. And they they try and adjust to that change. And some people don't like it. And um, some people can be passive and just almost ignore it. And other people can be quite aggressive about it. And actually, I kind of see, I've seen, I've heard that quite a bit, that that
0: the aggressive,
1: yeah, partners aren't just drinking. Other partners aren't just drinking. They are drinking very heavily and they are being quite abusive to their partners who have stopped drinking.
0: Because, do you think, um, here we go, do you think it's because they've suddenly lost their drinking companion and mm-hmm. they're looking all confused at this live thinking, well, hang on a minute, we were all right together drinking, why all of a sudden are we changing the parameters?
1: Yeah the goalposts have changed
0: yeah (laughs) you know where have you gone I've lost you sort of Mm. thing so Mm. they're lost they they've lost their drinking partner their drinking buddy and um for all we know you may have been an enabler oh and I will say I've done that before now um in that how many of us would I mean, we hear we see read people saying, well, I didn't want any wine and they came home with wine and that was it. It sabotaged me and I had to drink. But how many of us who've given up during our drinking days went to. We wanted to drink, so we bought our partner drink as well mm. because we wanted to drink. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, we don't want to do that with them anymore. We're disconnecting mm. from it.
1: Yes, very, very true. Yeah, I'd I'd go to the store and I'd get a bottle of wine and, and sort of four beers or whatever you know or beers for for mm-hmm. my partner. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would have done that. I wouldn't have just got my, my own stuff. I would have got stuff, and and apart from at the end, obviously, you know, I sneak in the drink. Then yeah. <laughs> I'd be drinking three bottles it's, of wine with four cans of beer. But yeah,
0: and it justified. Well, I can have you know, I'm drinking tonight. I, I bought him yeah. a drink for tonight, so I can have yeah. a drink tonight. You know that kind yeah. of thing. It's um. Yeah weird relationships that when you get further into sobriety, you start looking so differently at things, you know, it's, it's like the eyes are opened. And I can honestly say I did disconnect from Dan towards the end because I just, I couldn't be bothered. Uh, My, my focus was my drinking, not his needs and bless his heart. He's got a lot of needs. And I was like, I was doing them almost robotic, you know, it was because it needed to be done, but I wasn't connected in it at all. I disconnected. So that was that one. And I don't, in my drinking, I would say emotionally disconnected. Yes. Because numbing, how can you feel emotion if you are numb? You can't
1: no i I was definitely emotionally disconnected, but I was probably more socially connected because I had friends who I would go round and see purposefully because I could take a bottle of wine, and that was my excuse to have a bottle of wine or two. you know mm-hmm. yeah, I, I have friends that I'd actually literally go and see so that I could go and drink or have an excuse to drink and not hide the drink I could go and socialize um and yeah, and that's kind of weird that I emotionally disconnected when I was drinking, but physically I probably connected at times, not, not a lot, but, but more so than in my sobriety. And in my sobriety, I've emotionally connected more, but I've physically disconnected with mm-hmm. people to keep myself safe. Um, and I, I think, you know, just from what you just said as well about the, the partners that are drinking, I think we, we have to remember that that was us. That was us once. We would have been the person. How would we have felt? You, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking back to Andy and I when we were together for those eight years previously, and we were big, big drinkers. Now, if Andy had quit drinking during that time, I would have been sabotaging. I would have been buying him, I would have been trying to get him to drink mm-hmm. because as yeah. you say, I'd lost my drinking partner. And when we all first start this journey. The majority of us are like, how am I never going to drink? What, what am I going to do with my time if I don't drink? I'm going to be bored if I don't drink. How's life going to be if I don't drink? The partners and the people that are still drinking are still asking all those questions if they were to quit. Yeah. And it's scary.
0: You know, And um, like they say, you disconnect. Um, and the amount of people who disconnect from a partner when they get sober and while they, they actively love their partner, they can't be loving. They disconnect from the loving side of the relationship. Um, And I'm not a very good person with relationships. That was one of the, the, the symptoms of the, of the disconnecting and, we, one thing that came up within our uh, Zoom was um, feeling disconnected from um, from people who we were so connected, friends from previous, mm-hmm. when we were drinking, like you're saying it before, um, feeling disconnected because we no longer feel we've got something in common. Mm. Um, we don't we don't drink anymore and they probably don't realize it uh, because they're just carrying on with their normal life but we don't feel as connected as we did before we feel different
1: yeah well because we are different Mm -hmm. and you know the the person that i have connected with as as well as an i am saber and that community but the biggest person i've connected to through this journey is me Mm -hmm. and little me and you know little two three year old innocent me we are hugging now we are one you know we are we are riding life and we're we're loving it don't get me wrong get the down days we all do um but that is the biggest person i've connected with now I have had to learn to know me and to accept me. I'm, I'm 56 now. You know, I had 54 years of just wandering around and disconnected mm-hmm. from me. And, you know, so I've had to connect to me. And so I am a very, very different person um, from what I was nearly 11 months ago. I mean, hugely different, <laughs> amazingly what, different. Yeah. What have you got about six weeks to a year? get to yeah about that yeah six
0: weeks and yeah it's it's a wonderful milestone I think it's it it really is and like you said people don't some of the people within their family it's like oh yeah (laughs) for us to us we're (laughs) like yes yes
1: yes yes huge celebration
0: um yeah and there's another way we (laughs) yeah and you look at them and you think can't you feel happy
1: for me and
0: in their Mm. own way they are happy for you but
1: yeah. but yeah I've just kind of accepted that now do you know I'm like I've got yeah. people you guys that do feel happy for me so that's my acceptance of like yeah that that's fine um but but I think you know that uh, what the point I guess I'm trying to make is that I've learned to connect with me I'm a different person mm-hmm. from what I was 11 months ago so my relationships are gonna change they're going to be different because i'm different to other people too not only do i see them differently and are they different to me whether they're drinking or not um but i'm very different to them i'm very different Mm -hmm. to the person that i was i'm a lot more assertive um and i've lost friends because of that because they don't like it they don't like that i stick up for myself now and don't let them walk all over me no longer a doormat no and that's fine I didn't want to be a doormat anyway,
0: mm. you know. But when you think about how many years we've been drinking, I mean, I was drinking for for twenty years. Well, I'm twenty years older. I'm not the same person I was twenty years ago. So I'm going to be different anyway. Mm. And um, like you said about the connecting, and I I have connected with myself um, in that I'm more aware. I'm more present. I. I live in the everyday. Yeah, not every day is wonderful. Some days are just not what, what I like to call normal, where nothing, mm. nothing really happens. You know, you get on and you do the laundry and you do the grocery shop. Those are normal days. But what I love is conversations now that I didn't get to have for a lot of years. Mm. You know, conversations with people who... Understand what I'm talking about on the journey. I have definitely not disconnected in my sobriety. I've made so many connections within sobriety. Um, I've been sober before, but never this. Um, And I think I I analysed those times when I was sober before, (laughs) and it was just so different and like you said you've been sober for a week two weeks whatever but this is so different with the connections then you like you're on your own you're disconnected from everybody and you while you first when you get sober you do need to disconnect and protect yourself especially from what i've what other people have said and it's only after people say something and I have my aha moments. And I think, oh, yeah, um, it takes me a while.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you do
0: have to disconnect in the first 90 days at least.
1: Mm. Yeah, For, and, and, because you need to to connect with y- yourself and you mm. need to connect with, with people who are on the same journey as you. People that get you, people that understand you, because people in our everyday life won't get us they won't understand us or they'll roll their eyes back again and go yeah all right because it's the hundredth time we've told them we're quitting drinking you know yeah. and they're like, whatever, whatever um you know and people don't get us but what, what we have to remember is that I wouldn't have got me I wouldn't have, have got me or, or I wouldn't before I did this I wouldn't have understood why that me was giving up drinking or why that person was you know i i would have been doing all the same things that the people that are still drinking are doing and saying you know isn't life boring oh boring how can you not have a drink you know all this i mean we know the complete opposite now my life has yes, never been definitely. so bored. definitely but, but, yeah but a year ago that was completely me that those people um that are still asleep shall we say mm-hmm. are no different from when we were asleep it's just that actually they haven't changed we have we've woken up and like i say we
0: get agreed that they don't uh wake up with us
1: mm-hmm. but know, that was us
0: yeah we've chosen to change And um, like you say expectations and unrealistic to expect people to jump on the same bandwagon if they're not ready to and um I forgot, my t- I forgot what I was going to say then. Um, I, oh, that was it. Um, we're normal because mm. we don't drink. Because drinking is not normal. It's poison. Mm. So we, we can actually say we're normal now. In the- we, are. <laughs> we are. I just listened to you talk was yeah. thinking, oh, we're normal people now because drinking yeah. is not normal.
1: No, but although the advertising industry and the drinks injury will have you believe otherwise. But oh, we, now,
0: yes. we now
1: know because you know we and that that's the difference, isn't it? People that are still drinking, are still hooked in, they see us as the abnormal people, but we now know that we are normal. Um, but we can't expect others to follow in our footsteps. Um and, and nobody can do it until they want to and and you know nobody can do it until it is right for you um you have to be in that right mindset um to you know and and I I have so much admiration for people that that reset and reset and reset because I I know that if I was to have a drink if I was to have a sip of alcohol now that would be it Mm -hmm. and I would be back down there and i would not be able to climb back out so, yeah there's
0: no moderation none no. at all and i had an email and um from um it was called boom and it said what things can alcohol help us with and it's this is a very sarcastic email and these are the things we no longer have and it says humiliation anxiety Inflammation, high blood pressure, distorted vision and hearing, renal disease, liver cirrhosis, depression, numerous cancers, impaired judgment, breathing difficulties, stomach upsets, dry skin, anemia, diarrhea. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) Um, Exhaustion, apathy, nerve damage. The list goes on. So Mm. where I mean probably sound a bit like a hypocrite in saying, where are the benefits of alcohol from someone who was drinking 20 years, you know, Um, but there are absolutely no benefits to drinking alcohol. It totally disconnects you from life. So when you give up alcohol, you have to reconnect and not everybody gets it. And it's hard for some to make that bridge to make the
1: connection i mean i, I love the um one that you know i lived to all the podcasts and um this mrs East nice guy but oh. i think it was east guy said about the the lighthouse and that is just yes. completely stuck with me that you know the lighthouse is just stood there on the on the shore just shining out it's speaking a light it's not actively doing anything or going anywhere it's just keeping you know shining that light of hope and um that's that's really stuck with me I love that and that, that's how I see it now is just you know I've kind of stopped like especially with Jack he's like oh mum yeah all right it's poison yeah I know it's poison mum because <laughs> that's what you're saying you know? <laughs> I'm not going to give Arthur the poison don't give him a sip of your beer it's poison yeah <laughs> I've kind um, of stopped doing that I'm just going to be the lighthouse from now on I think <laughs> yeah because they say lighthouse
0: doesn't go to the ships no the ship's come to the lighthouse. Yeah. We'll take a pause there grab another cup of tea. And we will be back in a little bit, folks. Well, hello, folks. Karina and I are back. Well, for this half, we're going to... I had an email um, from... Uh... Oh, gosh. I... It's from Rethink the Drink. And it's Dry July. A lot of people, this is a good you know, it's a good way to try and give up drinking is to, you know, follow a plan that like 30 day alcohol experiment with Annie Grace here. We've got dry July, you know, an incentive to do, you know, quit the drink. But one of the things that was in this email that really, really is good and it's breaking down the myths of what alcohol can really do for you. And this comes from the advertising people. Um, This says it takes a closer look at some of the cultural and marketing brainwashing about alcohol we've been swimming in our entire lives. Things like, I need a drink to A, relax, comfort myself, celebrate, dull the pain, feel less anxious, loosen up socially, enjoy life, be able to stand stand by my family. Oh, to be able to stand my family, spouse, children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you Mm. can't stand your family. Uh, To numb out, to check out, to get through the day, to get through the night and get to sleep. We're brainwashed to think that this is what alcohol is going to do for us. And um, feeling blue or depressed. Oh, guess what? <laughs> alcohol, yeah, have a drink. Because alcohol is an effective depress- dep- depre- depressant. So if you're already depressed, go and get some alcohol. You'll be even more depressed. And it's, it's guarantee- guaranteed to leave you more depressed than you are now. It's like getting on an elevator that you thought had an up arrow, but it was only designed to go down. So if you're depressed, you'll become even more depressed.
1: But the advertising doesn't tell you that bit, does it? That doesn't. It just tells oh. you the beginning bit. And actually, when, when you're missing that out, what the advertising is telling you is that have alcohol and then you can disconnect. And mm-hmm. what it's teaching you is that actually it's okay to disconnect and that's how life should be about disconnection. And, you know, when you look at that's how advertising is selling it all to us, it's then we can I think it's important to remember that 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 it's only when we get sober that it's a game changer it's Mm -hmm. only now that we know the truth about alcohol when we were drinking we didn't because we were numbed and we succumbed to all the advertising and it's all around us and um, it's only now that, that we know different but we didn't then and although we've changed our partners, friends, family, parents, brothers, sisters, kids, whoever are still doing what they've always done. And always and advertising
0: um, this brand new drink, whatever. They make it all so glamorous. And they, here we go. Once you really get hooked, numbing with alcohol, You can add to your overall sadness and depression the experience of waking up every morning with regret as your primary emotion and walking around every single day with underlying feeling of self-loathing because you can't seem to break free from something that is sucking you into a hellish cycle. Mm -hmm. And it is a cycle and the advertising people don't care because while you're in that cycle, you're making them money.
1: And I think it was, you know, what Lilo said in his um, follow up recently was Drifter. Um, and he was saying, you know, about sort of the people sitting next to him in the restaurant drinking loads and loads of cocktails and mm-hmm. having fun. And how are they going to look in a couple of hours? And that's what the advertising people don't show you. They show you walking nicely on the beach on your holiday or sort of sitting, having a nice meal and toasting, you know, a drink or, or whatever. They don't show you people two, three hours after that drink. Of, yeah, you know.
0: the, the post effect, the after effects. And um, mm. in the UK, you only used to see the advert, the effects of alcohol in advertising at Christmas mm. with- And they did huge campaigns, some really, really good campaigns in the UK of how alcohol, but it was only done at Christmas and it should be done a lot more. They did the um, how it destroyed Christmas. Children Mm. sat there crying, a Christmas tree tipped over, you know, parents arguing and all because of alcohol. Then the drink drive campaigns. And how many people now, so many people have switched off from this drink-drive campaign, drink-driving, and there are so many people risking drinking and driving.
1: Mm. And I did. I'm not ashamed. I did it. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to say it, but there. But for the grace of God, you know, I'm so lucky that I didn't kill myself, that I didn't kill anybody else. Um, you know, I, I just – and I didn't get arrested or caught. Um you know sometimes mm. I wish perhaps I had got caught, you know I mean it would have been my career over um, but you know perhaps it may have given me a, a short sharp slap a bit bit sooner but but hey, you know um, it is what it is and and I don't think I, I think even like the drink driving it's more drugs now they're looking into more drug testing and things now that they tend to to do here. but I think the people that really push in the UK, the dangers of alcohol mostly are women's aid there's an
0: association here called mad and it's Mm. mothers against drink driving and these are all mostly mothers who've lost children to a drunk to someone who was drunk while they were driving and the amount of um where i live you can't go anywhere without driving you need to drive everywhere you can't walk to the store In Texas it's just the distances are just too far and um, every day on the news some kind of massive accident caused and the person is now in jail suspected of drink driving it's it's almost like and I know I am as guilty of anybody of, of drink driving my drink driving was to And I'm not making an excuse. I didn't go far. Uh, Does that sound good? Uh, No, I could have had an accident five minutes out of, you know, in the driveway even. Mm -hmm. But um, it is almost like a blasé attitude to drink driving at the moment, because all these drink driving campaigns have just been pushed to one side. And I wonder if it's because the advertising people, there's a lot of money in advertising.
1: I think everything's been pushed to one side, is not it, because of COVID? And um, you know, but the reality is that alcohol kills more people than COVID ever will. You know, yes. um, and when we look at the the three million plus deaths from alcohol related deaths, does that include statistics of deaths from people that are killed from drunk drivers, that people that have committed suicide, that people that have been murdered um, because alcohol's been involved? Um, you know it is a huge huge killer and um, it's something actually I don't think not only has alcohol not like the the risks of it being pushed aside it's actually come to the fore it's been advertised more it's been you know I remember Piers Morgan saying oh I'll just drink more wine in lockdown last year what else is there to do you know you had people you know encouraging Encouraging people to drink, and in the UK last year, um, deaths related to alcohol went up twenty percent. Alcohol crazy. related, because yeah, during lockdown. So um, you know, and and what does all this stuff get us to do? It gets us to disconnect. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I ever intentionally went out with the intention of drink driving. I never you know I might have just like oh I just have the one and you have that one and that's it your inhibitions start to go and then you yeah. have two and then you have three or I'd be at home and I'd drink a bottle of wine oh I want some more so I'd jump in the car and go down to the corner shop and get some more yeah I didn't intend to drive when I started drinking but like with everything else alcohol knocks out our inhibitions it um sense of responsibility improve. is gone yeah, yeah. Boosts our ego, our ID, which keeps our ego in check, sort mm-hmm. of goes diminishes, and it makes us all, every single one of us, vulnerable from to, to everything and anything. You know. It and really, how many t- how many times have you?
0: We talked. Uh, I just said about the depressing side of it. Can't tell you how many times I cried when I was drunk, mm. but I was would always end up not always but there were times when i would end up crying because it was just so sad mm-hmm. and a lot and so- of it
1: howled rocking back yeah school, you know because
0: yeah. this is my life i f- excuse my friend i fucking hate it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I think when you reach that point of actually hating your life and you change it so dramatically you can't understand why people are not jumping on this with you this is wonderful you know um but this is wonderful for you you know and i i cried so much towards the end of my drinking and um the depression side of it yeah you can start off feeling wonderful happy laughing but how many times have you been to an occasion where everybody's laughing and joking and then at the end of the night, there is someone sat there crying their eyeballs out because mm-hmm. something someone has said something that's upset. them,
1: And it's oh, yeah. all,
0: all because of alcohol, because like you say, all their filters are gone, for starters. Your inhibitions are gone. You don't care what you say and who you say it to. If you've how if when you're sober, you've managed to hold your tongue when someone's upset you. God help them when they're around you, when you've had a couple of drinks, because, you know, so many families have fallen apart because of something that was said during drinking. And fights, physical, physical oh, f- fights, you know. It's um, awful. And it, it's all because of the wonderful, wonderful drink and the advertising. And I'm hoping and um, seeing more alcohol free bars popping up. Mm. Yes. I'm, ho- I'm hoping it's going to start being a shift and um, people are seeing mocktails on the drinks menu that were mm. never there before. No. So oh,
1: yeah. Virgin there is, v- cocktails and mocktails. Yes, and- mocktails. Um, mm.
0: There is becoming an, an acceptance that some people just don't drink. And why yeah. should, why should they not be able to go out and have the same kind of enjoyment? without alcohol, that people who have alcohol, you know, so advertising mocktails, if someone started doing that in as big a way as the alcohol industry advertises alcohol, yeah, there might be a shift. It's already starting. We started, we're happy. We started and we don't mind campaigning and carrying on and, getting other people started because it is a good life. Um, once you're I was sober, you can address a lot of the stuff that made you disconnect in the first place.
1: Mm. I, I was quite heartened when I did my um, podcast with Shiki. Um, yes. that it does seem to be changing around again. I think that the youngsters of today, it seems to be phasing out a bit the alcohol now. Um, I think that, that you know, they're smoking a bit of backy maybe, um, but I think it does. there does seem to be a bit of a shift with the the, the youngsters now coming up and the teenagers now mm-hmm. that actually they're more interested in the gym and things like that and going running and playing football and sort of on their computer games and they are being drunk or disconnecting, which is is a good thing, I think. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've met a couple of, of ladies, as you know, in real life recently. Yes. And- um, from the from the app. And um, when I met um, SJ initially, she was oh, the first person, oh. the first lady that I've met. I've met Shiki to do an interview, but SJ was like a social sort of, you know, lunchtime thing. And what I noticed and what I learned, so I learned something every day, was that my stomach was, oh, I was so nervous and anxious. So I thought. And I thought, do you know what? The old me would have had some wine here while I was getting ready. I would have got to the pub early and I would have had, sunk a glass of wine before she even got there um, to give me some Dutch courage to try and quell my nerves. What I realised was that it wasn't nerves. It was actually excitement. Mm-hmm. And for years and years and years, I have been quelling Excitement. Now, isn't excitement a happy feeling? Isn't that yes. something we love and embrace? You know, as kids, we used to get so excited. And here's and one: you, you're always talking about the endorphins
0: and all the feel-good things from your brain chemicals. Is that not mm. something that happens during excitement, Are you're not releasing good brain chemicals?
1: Yeah, and excitement and anxiety give the the same physical feelings. I've said this before about mm. butterflies in the stomach. Yes, for all these years. I'd been mistaking that. This is my own feeling, my own sensation. I had been feeling that as apprehension, fear, dread, scared, anxious. So I'd been drinking before I went anywhere to quell that. And actually, all along, it was excitement. I'd been killing my own excitement. And that's crazy, isn't it? Um,
0: I know... Um whenever and whenever i have gone from here to the UK on vacation um it's the same kind of thing I get butterflies etc etc so I climb on the plane and what do I do a few glasses <laughs> wine, I'm signing thinking to settle my nerves but it isn't it's the excitement of seeing people it is right mm-hmm. um and it is one of the feel good um emotions and th- that's one of the things and I did a, um, I did a thing this morning. I read one, and it said to feel the feels because we've mm. not we've because we've numbed ourselves with alcohol. Yeah. we we don't know how we're learning how to feel the feels. So S J was your first one. Who did you meet after that?
1: Then I met Macca for some real-life chin-chins, so that was that was great as well, so I saw her on Saturday. Yeah, that was brilliant. We had some Starbucks, went to Starbucks and had coffee, um, which is great, and she came and saw Bumblebee. I was able to ride Bumblebee to that one because there wasn't any rain, uh, so she came over. So she knew it was me as soon as I pulled up because she saw me ride Bumblebee, so yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and she's given me a hug to Take to Hound, who I'm seeing on Wednesday.
0: Oh, nice. I am so envious of you. Um, yeah. it's, it's nice, to, but these, these are good connections because these are connections with people who we can talk and be open with that we've got no fear of judgment because some, there is a fear that when you say to someone, oh, I'm sorry, I don't drink. You get judged, uh, well, why don't you drink? What's mm-hmm. going on, et cetera. But, do you know, I own my sobriety now. And I, if someone says to me, would you like a drink? and say, no, thank you. Um, and yeah. I think if you own it and you say it with confidence, people will just accept it. I think if you're hesitant, et cetera, people will go, well, why? Oh, you, yeah. know, and you, you know, and why is my reason? You know, that's, that's for me to know. It's like, you know, I'm not, I don't have to tell you. Know, but no. um, so you're meeting Hound this week? Yeah. Do a are you going to do an interview or is it just a meet?
1: No, just, just meet, meet up. Just going to have going to have some dinner, going have some tea um, on Wednesday night. So I, I, we're still not sure about what the weather forecast is. So, um, but we're going to risk it this week because we put off our our long-awaited bike tour last week because it was meant to rain and it didn't yeah. really so um after i get off this uh, zoom with you when we got off when i got off this train i am going to pack my rucksack ready i went, went and bought some waterproofs today actually for my bike yeah. and um we are packing we're loading up and we're just heading off tomorrow and we're gonna head over to um lincolnshire type area and then we're gonna come back um, we have to be back. We've got we've already got a hotel booked on Saturday um, in Kings Lynn because we we'd booked that because we were meant to be doing the Norfolk NHS Ride of Thanks on our motorbikes um, okay. on Saturday. Um, but unfortunately, that got cancelled because the COVID parameters have been pushed back. So that's not. Okay. All. But we thought well, we'll keep the hotel, so we're coming back back to there on Saturday, and then hopefully we're going to do the Norfolk. The Norfolk coast. So, um, oh gosh, yeah. And I know that if anybody wants
0: to follow Karina, she has an Instagram account. So, you want to tell people about the Instagram account?
1: Yeah. So, I've got a couple actually, but one of them is sober underscore bumblebee, which is my Sabre one. But my travel one is can am girl UK. So. Uh, <laughs> And you can live vicariously uh,
0: through Karina's um, Instagram. And maybe she'll shoot us some little podcasts or recordings from different places she is. Um, and you'll get to see anyone who's not in the UK will get to see the UK. Um, yes. um, it's, it's, these are the things that we can embrace and take on when we're sober. None of this would be happening if you were drinking.
1: Oh, no. Well, well. this time last year, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't drive my car. I didn't go out. I couldn't talk properly. I couldn't swallow um, properly. I couldn't walk properly. Um, my, my nervous pathways, my neurons were just bleh, obliterated. And I wasn't mm-hmm. really doing anything to try and retrain them. And now I've retrained them. And I've learned to write a trike. Um, it was a completely new concept for me. Um, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain because it's trigonal arthritis, but that's not going to stop this girl. <laughs> it's
0: not. But what I'm did you say about pain. pain?
1: You said something about pain the other day. If you feel pain, you you know, it's, it's telling you something, but you know, you're alive. If that's you know, pain, you know you're f- alive. Your
0: feeling, and
1: yeah. I will let you know
0: now that I have been investigating coming to the UK Yay. probably towards the end of October. There's a lot to arrange for it. It takes a bit of arranging. And I spoke with my children and I said, you can have me at the beginning when I get there and you can have me at the end when I wave goodbye. But in between, my sober sisters have my time. So I'm going to buy a senior person's rail card. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to travel from place to place. I am going to uh, travel all around. Uh, the uk meeting up with people um maybe we can all have a sober weekend you know um because cool. get nice together somewhere
1: far yeah bar yeah. weekend somewhere would be nice wouldn't it? the
0: mocktails we can we can mm-hmm. all get together the mocktails the mocktail sisterhood who knows but that's that's for the future and i'm hoping it will come off because like like Karina and i've just said we have made some wonderful connections we are no longer disconnected and Karina and I are very fortunate. I know there are not a lot of people that have this. We are very fortunate in our partners and our families who, while they don't always understand our journey, um, we're not disconnected from them. They are still, we are connected with them and they understand what it means to us. They don't always understand and enjoy the milestones that we understand, but they, they understand how much it means to us. So we are fortunate, but if there's anybody who doesn't have that, then um, I don't know, I can't advise, give any advice. Karina and I are just, Karina is a fully trained mental health nurse. I'm just an ordinary everyday person. So, you know, uh, we'll put our emails at the end, as I said, on this podcast. Uh, but we cannot give advice or anything like that to people who don't have those connections. We can just offer support. So I don't know if Karina knows anything that she can say on that one.
1: I I was just going to say that, um, you know, one of the things that we've found uh, is, you know, connection is key. So although we may not, you know, nobody has all the answers, do they? And everybody's situation is completely different from another person's. Um, But, You know, it is amazing how the universe or whatever throws people together. And, um, you know, what we find is on I Am Sabre, I mean, that that's all over the world. And um, so are our ladies' groups yes. and our ladies' teams And very, you know, we have several small ladies' groups and very often, well, I think nearly in every group, somebody will come on with an issue that they're facing. And one or two other ladies will go, oh, I've got that as well. And it just seems that there's always somebody going through similar stuff who can support you. So, um, you know, if you're not already on I Am Sabre or similar apps get yourself on there find yourself a community and get connected um that you know family friends loved ones don't understand us or but there are people out there on their journey which is a similar journey to yours who do get it who do understand who will accept you who will love you warts and all yep. and <laughs> and embrace you into their, their
0: family and and like you say um we may not have answers but We've got strong shoulders. Um, We can offer support and whatever else, you um, support and encouragement, love. Um, We've got a whole lot of love for each other within our ladies groups. And like you said, someone will come on and say, oh, my gosh, this has happened. And someone else will say, well, that happened to me. Mm. And like I say, we don't always have the answers, but we have got loving arms to embrace people and hold them up when they need to be held up because you never know, one day I might need holding up. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a two-way thing. and um, giving Us giving back to the community of um, sober warriors, whether you're a male or a female, it doesn't matter which, giving back is what keeps us motivated to keep moving forward. Yeah. So giving back keeps you moving forward. So we're going to encourage Karina to post her pictures, keep us going. Maybe record some little messages that can be put on the podcasts.
1: Okay, and
0: okay. yeah, and maybe we will be able to podcast on location. Who Definitely. Knows? Definitely. Um, Next we Monday will, it's
1: in uh, the diary.
0: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we will, and we will look for the photos on our, our favorite hound. Uh, yes. Maybe you'll get to do an Archie drag, which is <laughs> I love it when she says I'm off on an Archie drag. drag I can just see yeah. her dragging the poor dog around the countryside. Can't you? <laughs> uh, bless her, she's a wonderful lady, so funny, so genuine. Um, if if one of my kids was in her class, I would be so happy. And mm-hmm. at some point, Karina, myself, Hound, and hopefully Al Webby, will be coming together. For a podcast, I'm hoping to podcast with our Webby very, very soon because she's about to celebrate and get her one year chip. So, yeah, be an interesting Fantastic. one. So we love yeah. celebrations. But anyway, we will let Karina go and pack her rucksack and get her bumblebee ready for the road. And we will wish her all the best.
1: We will Thank see you me. again next week, Karina. Thank you. Yeah, I will, I will let you know where to send the train. I'll send you my location.
0: <laughs> yes, I need the station. So please, yeah. I will need the, the, the next station along the track, as long as it's not the one that's Slantraia, Pulthgwin, Gilthgogerry, Slantislio, Go, Go, Go. And I've missed a bit out because I know it's longer than that. Um, <laughs> and someone in Wales is probably going to go, Oh my God, she butchered it. Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. That was
1: brilliant. brilliant
0: attempt. But yeah, it goes on a lot longer than that, folks. It's the <laughs> longest railway station in the world. Longest railway station name in the world. In the- so if you want to look at it, it's in North Wales. But anyway, yeah.
1: from my friend Karina, goodbye. And I just have to say, I'm very impressed with that. I would have said that station <laughs> in Wales with the longest name ever. <laughs> but bye bye. I shall see you on location next week.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that one, darling. So bye-bye, everybody, and we will see you next week. It's going to be a surprise where it's coming from. At least we know mine's here. Karina, bless her heart. She will have the delights of being somewhere else. So, folks, thank you very much for listening to us and listening to us waffle.
1: We'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.